Hey guys, we're back with another episode of Relational Leadership. Uh, We try to bring you different topics that are going to help you in your daily life as well as in the workplace, no matter where you are in the leadership chain. Uh, We want tidbits that can, can help you manage anything that comes your way. So today we're going to start off, um, I'm Stephanie Clements. And I am Sean Dolly, and this week's topic is about change. Now, some people, when they hear that word, uh, it makes their skin crawl. They do not want to change anything, sometimes even when it appears to be broken. And then there's other people that they love the idea. They love the idea that we're going to do something different. We're going to find a a new way to skin the proverbial cat, right? So today we're going to talk about change, and we're going to talk about not just the mechanics of how to introduce and implement change as a leader, but maybe even touch on some of the, I dare use the E word, emotional aspects of what (laughs) it means when we have to uh, engage in the change that is inevitable. Well, fact is, I say, you know, the only thing you can count on is change, and then mm-hmm. death and taxes, I yeah, guess. You no, know. Change is the constant. <laughs> but change is going to happen whether we're prepared for it or not. Um, the better you can prepare or get in a mindset that you know that things are going to happen. And some of those are good and some of those are um, more challenging. And so, you know, we have to be prepared and um, keep our team together and not let change derail the train. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I've already, I think, teed it up to start getting into the mindset that regardless of how scientific the approach is, regardless of how many I's have been dotted and T's have been crossed, there will forever always be some emotional component to anything that involves human beings. Sure. And so, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, change today, what I would challenge people to consider is, especially if you are a leader, Don't simply think about how change affects you, but think about how it could affect the people that are reporting to you. Because if you project your idea about change onto them, you may be missing some some critical context for leading that group. Well, anytime we have to learn new things um, or a new way of doing things, it just, you know, we're we're very comfortable getting into our pattern. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know how to do it. It's easy then. We've, we've done it this way. But, you know, it could be that, you know, you lose a key team member and people have to start picking up some of those jobs or new processes are implemented. And, you know, so not all, you know, a lot of change is definitely for the good, but the process of making that into a habit and, the, and getting those changes implemented can be somewhat chaotic for a while, which then can lead to, you know, yeah. a lot. And, and and change can lead to unknown, and people don't like unknown. No, that, uh, amen, amen. So, uh, you know, if we were to find uh, frozen in the ice one of our hunter-gatherer ancestors from, let's say, 20,000 years ago, and we took that man or woman and we thawed them out, and in accordance with ethical scientific principles, we dissected them what we would find is that they had the exact same plumbing and wiring that we have. Right. You know, we think that, well, it's 2023 and I've got a smartphone and an electric car and I can actually control the thermostat of my house from my 
uh, iPhone 14, uh, we are still cavemen walking around in a modern, you know, corporate environment. Sure. And so, um, you know, if you think about what life would have been like for people that were in a survive and procreate type of an environment, you know, anything that is ambiguous, anything that creates, you know, an unknown uh, will absolutely, you know, be somewhat of a threat. Because you want stability. You want to believe that uh, the world today is as it were, you know, yesterday. And so anytime that change is coming, even change that might end up being good, it's going to instantly kind of trigger in you perhaps, you know, some bit of fear and trepidation. <laughs> Tell you what. So we got some excitement yeah, yeah, going you, on you, behind you, us. You, anyway. you handle this. Uh, we, yeah. do, we have some excited fans that are in the studio today. I'm going to let them know <laughs> the recording. I'll be right back on. So anyway, um, no, some of the things, you know, and, and, and things that I'm seeing currently right now is that, um, you know, new management may come in and you may lose a large portion of your team just because they don't even know and they're scared of what the new management may be. And, you know, again, the unknown. And so preparing that team as much as possible before um, management changes are going to take place and reassuring them. Um, you know, I'm working with a company right now who's had new management and they've lost a large portion of the team out of fear. Mm. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and it will take some time for them to kind of level off the, right. the ship right. And, right. and show that, no, this is, you know, the way it's going to be. And then once people know who they are and what they are, they'll, you know, the recruitment can yeah. begin again. But, um, you know, people like knowing there's a constant. Yeah. And that's not always the best thing for us, though. Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, as one who took more than a few trips to the principal's office <laughs> in middle and high school, um, there is this weird psychological phenomenon that when I'm sitting there waiting to see what the punishment's going to be. Are they going to make me do like an in-school suspension? Are they going to make me write 500 sentences? Or my preferred method of uh, punishment was get three paddles, you know, right? Um, Whatever the adjudicated (laughs) punishment was. I'm allergic to pain. (laughs) Was not uh, the problem. It was that like that 10 minutes. Yes, of not knowing. Waiting, waiting, Mm -hmm. waiting. there was there was no punishment that could be levied upon me that was worse than the 10 minutes of waiting. Mm-hmm. And you talked about change in leadership. Of all the change that comes our way, it could be change with technology, change of process, change of customer, change of anything. There is no change like change of personnel yeah. that I think can typically evoke the strongest response. Like, oh my gosh, I'm getting a new boss. I'm getting a new colleague. I'm getting a new whatever. Because uh, that's... That's the biggest X factor. Right. X factor, yeah. You know, so you don't know what to expect. Um, you know, we we see it all the time. And I know at one point I worked in banking. And when they decided to update their systems in banking, and it could be a whole new system, you know, not just a, not just a basic update. Like, yeah. okay, we're going yeah. from, you know, DOS to, right. you know, Compute whatever, you know, I mean, all of a sudden you had to relearn the program. And, but you're still trying to deal with clients. And so the frustrating, you know, that frustration can just get, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, 
it brings out a lot of stress yeah. in yeah, people. Yeah. And yeah. even though that system's going to be better in the end, yeah. that process just creates a whole new stress. And there, you know, you have to manage that stress and expectations yeah. in it during that process to keep the team running as smooth as possible. So to get maybe some insight on Stephanie Clements here, uh, like at your house, for example, how content are you to keep the colors of the walls, the furniture, the arrangement, the decor the same versus how inclined are you to routinely change it up for the sake of, I just want a different look? I'm pretty big into change. I <laughs> I always have a project going on. Um, I'll update this or that. I mean, it just takes me ha- having a little bit of a bored moment. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> and then I, I tend to regret it because then I'm like, oh, now I'm busy again, but yeah. now I've torn out this wall or this, you know. Yeah. So, so. you are a lot like my wife. Uh, she... Okay, that bathroom has been the same color for gosh, almost four years now. Uh, it needs to change. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm I'm at the other end, and I'm not saying I'm right. <laughs> I'm just acknowledging that people have different dispositions. Um, if it were not for my wife, uh, my house wouldn't change one iota yeah. for decades. I would say, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with, there, you know what, wood paneling is going to come back, orange shag carpet's going to come back. I wouldn't change anything. If I had a house, it wouldn't change for decades. I moved into that house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, there's a saying, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Okay. So, right. you know, yeah. um, some of us have to grow up. and you got- grow <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, uh, we're talking about like personal preference for change, but regardless, um, when we look at it in the industry, uh, you know, you doing what you do, uh, I've never been a real estate agent, but I've owned homes and I've owned rental properties. And I think about in the course of a real estate agent or any real estate professional's career, uh, let's say that's 35 or 40 years, if they're in it from start to finish, think about like what that industry has undergone, you know, oh, I mean, absolutely. I remember my mom who was a real estate agent, you know, she knew where every payphone in Harrison County was because she had to map out her day. And then like every two hours would pull over and, you know, feed the qu- you know, quarters in and make phone calls. Um, and then you think about like, let's say in the eighties when mortgage rates were 18% versus um, in 2007 and eight, when anybody you know, quote unquote, anybody can go get a half million dollar house. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, that's a good investment because price, uh, housing prices are guaranteed to go up 10% every year, right? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, the introduction of Zillow. Oh my gosh, well, now that Zillow's here, uh, we will never need real estate agents again. I mean, so throughout even just this one industry, you think of what somebody who's been in it. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm a, I'm a lay person. I'm on the right, outside right. looking in. But you think about that change and sometimes it feels like, my gosh, change has never, never, never been this fast. But well, then the you think, amount gosh, of change it may never in the be this slow again. Five years has been really insane. You know, I mean, we've had the highest um, house price increase. Yeah, yeah, you know, in history, as well as the lowest rates in mm-hmm. you know 
I don't know, 100 years <laughs> for a long time um, to almost money free money. And then, you know, the higher rates, the, you know, so we've seen people who it made being a realtor look really easy because everybody was out yeah. selling and buying and you could, yeah. you know, you could make money to now where rates are higher. Um, and we have a lot of people locked in their home because they have a two and a half percent interest rate. Yeah. So they can't move. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an inventory shortage. And so the ones who are still making it are having to be, you know, they're having to adapt. Yeah. The, the basic same ways to do it just didn't don't work anymore. And so there are still people out there being successful. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people getting out of the business just for the fact that it's gotten hard, you know. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Suddenly, uh, you know, yeah, if you just list a house, you're guaranteed to get 10 offers over asking price in right. the first 24 right. hours, right? So, you know, that, that old expression, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I agree with that during what you might call the execution phase. So I think last week I used an NFL analogy. I'll use the same one again, right? So if I'm up by two touchdowns late in the third quarter in a football game and the opponent has not figured out how to stop the run and then my defense has a way of making them punt, I'm in no hurry to change anything. Sure. Right? Now, if – they are a division rival, and I'm going to play them again in six weeks. I know that I can't show up with the exact same right, plan right. because, you know, they are sentient beings on the yeah. other side of the field, right? And so one of the hardest things that we as leaders, I think, have to do sometimes is when something is working to always ask ourselves, though it is working, though it is effective, can it be done more efficiently, better, cheaper, faster. And when you try to institute change as a leader in an operation that the workers look at and go, boss, this works, boy, that can be really hard because you got to get their buy-in. But a really good and effective leader is somewhat of a visionary and is looking at what's coming in the future. Yes, this works now. Um, As as we've seen, the amount of technology and things, you know, if you don't keep up, you're you will yeah. be left behind um as we saw this past year southwest airlines had not kept up and all of a sudden everything came crashing down so they are playing catch up yep. now yep. and yep. doing what needs to be done but that could have been averted by continuously That's updating right. and, and doing right. those type of things so if you're being a really effective leader because how much more stress and more money did it cost to have to, you know, crash instead of building up along the way? Yeah. And so, you know, in these days and times with any business, you have to, I mean, and we're seeing change happen so fast, especially now with the, you know, artificial intelligence stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is coming on crazy. And if you're yeah. all of a sudden, if you're not even using right. or, or getting to know how to use artificial intelligence. Yeah. You are going to be left behind again also, you know, yeah. so, so it is continual change and, um, take some time to learn, but you know, you can implement that in your companies, but I mean, and I think it's just important even in our personal lives, you know, I mean, that overflows into business. 
Mm-hmm. As we have changes in our personal life, it overflows. We have to prepare ourselves mentally and physically, you know, for all of those kind of things. Yeah. And, you know, like I've already shared, like when it comes, for example, to the house, like, ah, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to paint these walls. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care. But um, that is already perhaps somewhat of a natural inclination of mine. I think as a general rule, as people get older, they become even more resistant to yeah, change, right? absolutely. And so, um, you know, like when I'm, you know, checking out at Rural King with a piece of equipment that I'll probably use one time because I need it. I need it for this boat that I've got. I've got to use it one time. Right. So I'm going to go buy the cheapest thing I can find. And I show up, and I've either got cash or a debit card, and like, like I, I just I want to give you money, and I want you to give me this tool. Well, I need your email address. I need your phone. Right, and like, right. and like I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a horribly cantankerous old man because it, <laughs> it basically, I'm almost fifty. I'm already feeling like you don't need all this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, you know, when we think about the the imposition of technology upon us, like, man, I, unless you really want to become a hermit and totally live off the grid, you don't really have the choice anymore. Like you, no. you are society and like the rules that develop around you, like funnel you such that you have to at some point embrace it. And I know that some people like are pretty darn resistant to that. Absolutely. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, um, well, let's talk about some of the, the main types of changes that happen within companies. Um, and again, good or bad, you know, we, we touched on one with, you know, new management. And, you know, and that's probably one of the biggest changes for any company is, you know, because that just affects from the top down. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's that and that happens. I mean, all over. I mean, businesses sell, um, you know, I mean, whether you're a small business or a large business, you know, the business owner at some point may go, you know. I don't want to do this anymore. It's time for me to retire, and they sell yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, large businesses have mergers and things like that. You know, I mean, and so it can mean a change in people's jobs, in their roles that they're doing, um, as well as who they're answering to. You know, they're obviously sometimes in mergers there's a, a duplication in some of the areas of. Work. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. So they know some people have to go, and that's just you know, yeah. it's not fun. But that can also be seen, you know, if you lose your job that way, you're going to get a severance package. You're going to get something. It's a great chance to reflect and see, you know, is this what I really want to do now? Now yeah. you have an opportunity to find something different, and it, you know, hopefully better. And a lot of times it does work out that way. Yeah, it is interesting when certain doors in your life are closed. You didn't appreciate it at the time, but it wasn't until you had the hindsight of retrospection. You can look back and think, my goodness, if that door had not been closed, that next door would have never right. been open. Or if it were open, I would have walked right past it. Uh, again, that is a very easy philosophical way to look at it. But I appreciate when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. You're like, okay, that sounds great. That's, that's that would sound good, like on a social media post. But here, here in in real world, yeah, <laughs> this really hurts right now. So I get that. So you know, as we've talked about, we're emotional beings, and the emotions at the time can sometimes take over. Um, 
But, you know, the way I just, whatever changes are going on, good or bad, <clears throat> you know, take time to reflect and look for the positive in it yeah. and try not to make rash decisions on any of that. And, uh, yeah. <coughs> yeah, sorry, but, um, but yeah, take time to reflect, look at that positive, be willing to be flexible. You are going into a phase here that you maybe have never been in. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have to allow yourself the opportunity to also make mistakes. You know, when you, when you haven't been there as first time, you, you're, you, yeah, you can make mistakes. Yeah, right. And, you know, when you're starting out, like, okay, this has changed because I'm, let, let's just say, I'm, I'm transitioning from college to my first job. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty easy unless you have, like, some significant self-esteem issues and some deep-rooted insecurities. It's easy on that first job to go in. I'm here to learn. I'm mm-hmm. here to absorb. I'm here to be mentored. I'm here to grow, to develop. But there does come a certain point in your career, uh, depending on your profession, where you kind of feel like, God, I just, I'm tired. I, I don't want to grow and develop and learn. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, my brain's reached maximum capacity, <laughs> yeah. I can't, which I feel like a lot of times. And, and then also, you know, I think sometimes at certain elevated levels, uh, whether like I was a military commander or a corporate vice president, uh, there may have been a little voice that was trying to convince me you're not allowed to let people show that you still need to grow and develop because right. you're the you're the old man you know you're the boss the big chief you're supposed to have all the answers and I'll tell you I by that point in my career I had disabused myself of that earlier when I was like say 28 to 30 32 I, I still battle that mm-hmm. I was a little more insecure um, but I I do know that certain people um, that do get into those bigger you know roles they sometimes feel like they're not allowed to like openly yeah, I have to question. Yeah, that I'm. You know, I, I, I don't know to some learn. of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I've certainly felt that. Whenever I've, you know, there are times that I'm like, "Hey, I need an electrician," and I'm like, "No, but I'm the one that everybody's supposed to have gone to to find these out." But right. and I'm like, "Am I am I allowed to ask that?" You know, because yeah. I had a directory for it, and I'm like, "But I, I've run through now my good ones. I need more." That's right. <laughs> you know, but. Um, so I hated asking questions that I've sometimes been the go-to yeah. for, and I'm supposed to know these things, but, you know, the repertoire just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I'm like, you know, I'll go do the research, but I don't like to look like I don't know. All right. But, <laughs> but I do have to ask. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, just so accept that change is going to happen in your life no matter what. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, you and I are both dealing with that time of moving towards empty nest. You know, I mean, so just in our personal life, there's mm-hmm. new change, you know. So change is always going to happen. Take time to reflect and look at the bigger picture. So if you can really get yourself to step back and go, is this really going to affect my life, Is you know, in, in five years? Yeah. Am I going to sit there and go, I just still can't believe that yeah. changed? You know, take a look at it. See if it can be something for good, or if it's not good, how you can turn it into something good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I could maybe offer up, um, if, if people who are listening, you're, you're hearing a consistent theme here, which is the change is coming. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, it's coming, right? 
and that some people are naturally inclined to really embrace change. It provides them energy. Other people, maybe like me, are like a little less resistant or more resistant to it. Um, but at the same time, I, I would tell you, um, you're not crazy if you think that some of the change uh, is unhelpful, unwanted, unwelcomed. Uh, you know, yes, if, if you are of a certain age where you grew up when if there was a family dinner, everybody was talking, and now you look around and you're a grandparent and all of your um, grandkids are on their phones, um, you're not the one who's wrong there when yeah. you think this has changed, right? So so don't, don't misunderstand what Stephanie and I are saying. We are not saying that all change is a positive move in a better direction. Correct. Like some of this change, I think, does have some significant negative consequences. So yeah, I would just tell you, don't feel like like you are the one who's wrong if you look around and think, I don't know that I like all this change because I, I can assure you, we can both make a oh, list absolutely. of things that we would probably cut <laughs> if we could well, play king or queen for a day. Well, f- well, for sure. Not all change is good. You know, we... We may or may not have to deal with those things no matter what. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've certainly seen instances of, you know, you can, again, sometimes you can have new management that doesn't manage well. And it can kill a company. And so, yes. um, you know, systems that all of a sudden cause you to be, out of service over and over and over because it's not well, you Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. well thought out and wasn't um, implemented correctly and things like that, that can cost you a lot of money and a lot of who you are as a service, you know, I mean, with your customers and things like that as they start losing faith in your ability. So not all change is good. Um, And some people just want to, you know, some leaders are all about just change for change, you know, just sure, because right. I, they they like to mix it up. But that can cause a lot of chaos in your workforce. Absolutely. And, you know, so you really want to take time and decide before you make changes, you know, what are the, you know, first off, communication. It You need to have that with your team. There needs to be a group of leaders, you know, that make sure you've all communicated, collaborate, try to go through those positives, negatives, um, you know, and then, you know, trust your gut in that, you know, as you're hearing everybody and, and seeing that, you know, you've got to, you just get that feeling when you're in leadership a lot of times that, "Mm, I'm just not sure this is going to be the right thing, or I I need y'all to trust me because I really feel this is, going to be something really good. Yeah. And, you know, obviously any leader is going to take a analytical managerial approach. They're going to have their pros and cons where possible. They're going to quantify, well, what would the change look like in so far as productivity, downtime, cost, employee turnover. But there, there does come a certain point to your point where you have to kind of trust your gut because, um, we've been talking how change has an emotional element to Mm -hmm. it. And even after you've sketched out this perfectly and elegant, you know, algorithm of how you're going to implement change, there's still going to be that gut level reaction you get as a leader to think, okay, how with the people, the actual three dimensional human beings entrusted to my care, 
how is this going to resonate with them? Mm-hmm. And, and that is definitely the art form of leadership. And I think, you know, taking it on in sometimes in bite-sized pieces <clears throat> makes it a lot easier than to just go, hey, we're going to change. Guess what? We're going to remodel, redo the systems, um, put all of you in new positions, and what are, you know, I mean, you, you yeah. just... You just lost everybody, you know. Oh, yeah. Take yeah, it in bite-sized yeah. pieces, you know, so that there are levels of change. You know, once we kind of get this one set, we're ready for the next one. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, as I'm, I'm inclined to use simple analogies, uh, you know, I've had fish tanks off and on over the years, you know. Started one when I was a kid, you know. I'd grass-cutting money. I'd go get a new fish. But one thing that I learned early was when you bring the fish home from the aquarium, uh, you don't just dump it into the fish tank. You right. you sit it into the tank, and you, you keep it in the Ziploc bag they gave it to you in, in the water that they gave it to you in, and you sit it there, and they say, wait about a half hour, and then the temperature inside of that bag will habituate itself and even out with the temperature in the tank, then, after 30 minutes, pour it in, as opposed to, oh, I'm home, dump. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, this you know, was warm a, and now I'm cold. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there could be like a 10 degree differential perhaps. And like it shocks the fish and kills it. Right? So, <laughs> so yeah, to the extent when you are implementing change, um, again, you might be ready just to flip the switch, right? You need to take into account whether you're leading a team of two, two dozen, 200, some number of people, it really freaks them out. Yeah. And it's not your place to say, well, there's something wrong with you, your psyche. Get over it. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? Just take it into account. And if you do have the luxury of a little bit of time, and like you said, a, a piecemeal approach, right? Right, right. That Just, can help them acclimate better. You know, I mean, some things have to be implemented all at once. But just, again, take into account, prepare your team. So communicate and then really get into the training of how to implement those changes the better prepared they are and the better the expectations have been set for what they have to deal with, the smoother those changes will be handled. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, as we're approaching time, uh, something you said earlier that caught my attention, I wanted to weigh in on was about, you know, not just simply changing for change sake. It can't be, well, I'm, I'm kind of bored with the operation. Let me start changing things. Right. There needs to be a long-range strategic reason for the change. And like you said, as a leader, it's your job to be the visionary or at least align yourself with somebody who has a visionary ability and help you stay ahead. Because like you know, we've mentioned earlier, just because the operation is running smoothly today, it, it may need to change in advance of right, right. a changing tomorrow. But once you figure out the who, the what, the when, the where, the how of what that change looks like, it's really, I think, incumbent and beneficial uh, to you as a leader to explain why. Because most reasonable people, and not everybody who works for you is reasonable, but most reasonable (laughs) people, if you've taken the time and you have a very reasonable why that underwrites everything else that you're doing, the change is a little bit easier to absorb. It doesn't mean that it still won't shock their system a little bit, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, if they don't really truly understand why they're even changing, 
and then you're just making them change, it, they're, they're going to have a real hard time grappling with that. But if they know that, okay, the leader has a good reason why mm-hmm. to do this, all right, the details will eventually kind of fall into place. Right. So, you know, hopefully you have a mission statement or something that your your company, your team buys into already. And when that aligns with your mission statement, it's a lot easier also, you know, because everybody is headed towards the same goal, the path, being the best, getting to wherever in the future, having this much market share, having whatever, you know, when everybody is aligned with that and they can see and it's been explained that this is going to help us move down the the move the needle down the way, you know, yep, a little yep. bit further, then it's, you know, it's easier for them to jump on board. Yeah. But agreed. All right, guys, we are out of time, but we appreciate you joining us as we talk about change. And we look forward to coming back next week with another fun topic and um, maybe a few other questions that, you know, help you get to know us a little bit more. But um, if you did enjoy it and feel like it was beneficial, we would really appreciate you sharing this and subscribing. We are on Spotify, Apple, and Audible as well as YouTube and then um, Facebook. So please feel free to subscribe to us and share with your friends. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye.